Welcome to the Wingman Men's Moment, a weekly podcast of the Wingman Nation Men's Ministry, a scripturally driven men's ministry with three goals for every man, striving to be better husbands, better fathers, and more Christ-like and godly men. Join Wingman Nation co-founders Randy Ferreira and Pastor Jay Dennis and an occasional special guest as they discuss issues relevant to a man's needs, struggles, habits, and hurts. And now... Here's Randy and Pastor Jay. Good morning, Wingman Nation. Welcome to the Wingman uh, Men's Moment Podcast. We're here hanging from the hangar. Hang, not from the hangar, are we? <laughs> We're hanging in <laughs> the hangar here in Lakeland. And uh, we just want to, uh, I'm John Delaney. I, I'm the producer of the podcast and the director of ops here. And I'm here with the co-founders of Wingman, uh, Pastor Jay Dennis and Randy Ferrer. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, John. Good morning, John. How are you today? Great day. Well, glad to see you both. And uh, we're at a little noisy setting. So if you hear some noise in the background, we are at the airport. And uh, so we do do have a little background noise and there's some construction going on. So um We'll try to try to drown some of that out so you don't hear it. But we're uh, just in case you hear something get through, you know it's not us just banging stuff around. <laughs> so we're glad you're here today. Today we're going to be talking about the top ten mistakes wives make with their husbands. Now Uh-oh. let me preface this because um, we did a podcast recently the the top ten mistakes husbands make with their wives, and and we kind of said you know ten it was only ten. I mean we could have come up easily with a list of of 25 or 30. But in this case, we probably really struggled to come up with 10, you know? <laughs> so. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so anyway, <Yes. laughs> this is based on First um, Peter uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, and I'll share that with you. Um, Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your husbands, to your own husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may, may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. When they see the purity and the reverence of your lives, your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to adorn themselves. Uh, they submitted themselves to their own husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her Lord. You are uh, her daughters if you do what is right and do not give away to fear. Mm. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, John. Hey, Jay, good morning. Hey, good morning, uh, Randy. It's good to see you. You too, buddy. So as we know, the Apostle Peter, he was a married man, and he gives us some of the greatest advice to wives and husbands found anywhere in the Bible. Yeah. Remember, Peter's wife was the woman who lovingly addressed <laughs> his temper, because Peter had a temper. He did. And sometimes <laughs> his difficult personality. Yeah. You know anybody with a difficult personality? Wouldn't be in this room. Not in this room. <laughs> so she stood with him, loved him, encouraged him, was there for him, prayed for him, and affirmed his ministry. And yeah. as we know, you know, they traveled a lot. And it was difficult in those times, yeah. much more than today. So 
Uh, she was a real wife that stood with her man. Yes. And tradition tells us that, you know, of course, Peter was martyred for his faith in Jesus, and he was crucified. Um, you know, he asked to be crucified upside down, saying he was not worthy to die the same way as Jesus, our Savior. That's right. But what's different and interesting, which we didn't know until the research was out, is that uh, tradition tells us that before Peter was martyred, his wife died for her faith and died because she was Peter's wife. Yes. She loved her husband, but loved her Lord more. And as she was let out to die, Peter comforted her with the words, remember the Lord. Wow. So with that in mind, let's notice the top 10 mistakes that wives make with their husbands from a biblical perspective. Let's begin with number one, mistake number one, and that is attempting to change your husband through complaining rather than trying to change him through prayer. May I just say, thou shalt not nag your husband into changing. (laughs) You can prod, pressure, cajole, threaten, and fuss at your husband. That's not going to change him. It will only push him away and make him resentful. We're not suggesting he doesn't need to change. We're only suggesting that nagging him won't do it now, nor will it ever do it. I love this. Ruth Graham, Billy Graham's wife, said it was a great day in her life when she realized it was not her job to change her husband. She said, it was my job to love Billy and God's job to change him. Yeah, that's love that. That's yeah. See, your husband, ladies, may be lost. He may be out of God's will. He may not be the kind of dad he needs to be. He may not be meeting your needs in a variety of ways. He may not be demonstrating spiritual leadership in the home. He may be downright self-centered. So what do you do? Well, you have a meeting with your husband's boss, and that would be God himself, and you tell him about your husband. Now, in 1 Peter 3, 1 and 2, it says, Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. Through your prayer life, ladies, your godly behavior The breath of heaven gets on you, and then there comes a great God influence on your husband through you. So you pour out your heart to God about your husband. Hold nothing back. Tell God on your husband. You can tell God anything about your husband, and he will understand. So mistake number one, attempting to change your husband through complaining rather than trying to change him through prayer. Yes, and you may recall, just on that note, the movie The War Room. Yeah. Yes. Uh, with Priscilla Shire. Excellent. Uh, excellent movie, and that was all about the power of prayer mm-hmm. for a husband who was straying. That's right. not doing the right thing. Mm. Amazing movie. So, so ladies should have a prayer room. Prayer room. And if you haven't War seen room. the movie, it's streaming, rent it, however sure. you get your movies, pod them, podcast. Them. Okay, so number two, talking to other people about private matters that should be reserved only for you and your husband. Mm, Yeah. You know, women are going to talk to each other and men talk to men. Most (laughs) of the women are going to complain at some point about their husbands and husbands do that about their wives as well. And, you know, there's some things, however, that must be kept between the two of you. When you share those things, those private things with others, you sort of break the sacred trust. Yeah, true. 
you know, your husband's need, your husband needs the assurance that certain conversations, certain experiences will be reserved for just the two of you. Yes. Um, it's, it's called just the two of us department, yeah. so to speak. <laughs> so wives, you know, it's, it's, it's really inviting disaster if you share problems about your husbands, especially with another man. That's right. Don't go there, period. You're opening the door to something evil, that temptation that could cause you to do something that would be disastrous. That's right, yes. Randy. That's a good point. We cannot be too careful here. Look at the mistake number three, not giving verbal affirmation and admiration. Your husband, ladies, needs to hear your affirmation of who he is. He needs to feel admired by you. He needs your verbal encouragement, if you will. You can do that like no one else on the planet. Let me give you some examples. He, he needs to hear you say, I love you, or I like you, or I like the way you, you fill in the blank, or I love it when you, or I'm proud of you because, or I respect you for. Those are powerful statements to your husband's ears, I promise. First yeah. Peter 3, 6, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her Lord. You are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. Now, notice here, calling him Lord. Now, let me stop and say, Peter is not suggesting that you should call your husband Lord. Can you imagine Lord Bubba? <laughs> it just doesn't fit. So it doesn't mean that. It does mean to verbally affirm your husband, both in private and in public. Amen. I kind of like the Lord thing going on. <laughs> Lord, Lord Randy. Randy. <laughs> Just kidding, ladies. <laughs> I don't need any more nicknames. <laughs> True. All right, number four. Um, this is a little bit of a hot one. Not ca not continuing to look your very best. And I know that sometimes yeah. is construed differently, you know, a uh, little story, a man asked his wife what she would like for her birthday. <laughs> I'd love to be eight again, she said. So he pulled out all the stops to make her dream come true. He whisked her off to Disney World, made her go on all the scariest roller coasters, force-fed her cotton candy and ice cream. <laughs> then he took her to McDonald's for a special kid's meal before rounding the day off with a trip to the cinema to see a two-hour cartoon carnival. Wow. That night... She slumped into bed, feeling exhausted and queasy. So what was it like being eight again, asked her husband. Actually, she said, I meant my dress size. Uh -oh. <laughs> uh -oh. Uh -oh. I didn't know where that was going until I, oh, yeah, okay. That's There's a mistake good. once you are married to not do everything possible, ladies, to keep looking attractive. Right. Looking your best for your husband. He saw something in you that he liked, or he wouldn't have pursued you or married you. That's true. First Peter 3.3 3 says, Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Right. Now, let's break that down a little bit. Yeah. This verse doesn't say that thou shalt not wear jewelry. Yeah. Thou shalt not wear makeup, or thou shalt not dress nicely. We're not saying yeah. that. And there are denominations, Christian denominations, who actually take that literally, that if you wear makeup or jewelry, mm -hmm. that that is sinful. That is right. not what he's saying. Not what he's saying. This verse is kind of teaching us that it's more about, it's it's more than about just a pretty rabbit. Yeah. 
But there's an inner beauty. You know, we've heard that old cliche for years, but it's biblical. And what you do on the outside shouldn't be more important than what's on the inside. In fact, the greatest cosmetic part occurs when you become beautiful on the inside. Yes. You know, Peter's just saying, like, don't don't be artificial. Don't let it be all about how you look on the outside. Not that we're saying it's not important to look right. and feel nice. Don't spend more time in front of the mirror than you do on your knees praying and seeking yeah, God. That's and that's kind of what, you know, we're talking about. But, right. but that is not to suggest the outside is unimportant. As right. I said, it is. It is. And, <laughs> and you know, embrace Lancome, Clinique, <laughs> style your hair, wear perfume he likes, you know, look nice. Yeah. Take what God has given you and make the very best of it. It it will work. Yeah. Uh, you know, then your your husband, he fell in love with everything is still there. Yeah. You know, so um, there is an unbelievable attractiveness about those who are in love with Jesus and are willing That's and living right. in God's will. And, you know, a lot of times, too, it's it's you, you kind of get resentful going, well, you know, my husband, he doesn't take care of himself. He's out of shape. He doesn't do this. He doesn't sure. do that. And that all may be true. Right. But that's not what God calls you to worry about and you to do. And and we tell this to guys all the time right. when they complain about their wives, that their wives don't treat me like this or we don't do this. Mm. That's not for you as a man to worry about how your wife is treating you. Right. What does God tell you to do as a man for your wife? Mm-hmm. And what does God tell you to do for your wife as a man? That's right. what we need to be focused on. Exactly. You know, a man wants an attractive wife. And, and the thing of it is, he fell in love with that woman. He fell in love with his wife. He liked what he saw. That's still there. And I realize that age can change that, and we get wrinkles, and we get pain. But the you that he fell in love with, still there. Still there. Still there. Let's look at mistake number five, and that is not meeting his physical needs. This is a hot-button issue for sure. Listen to 1 Corinthians 7, 3 through 5. The husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife, and likewise, the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but yields it to her husband. In the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields it to his wife. Do not deprive each other except perhaps by mutual consent and for a time, so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. We're talking about sex. When the physical aspect of marriage is neglected, when sex is neglected, it gives Satan an opportunity. It puts out a welcome mat for him to work and tempt your husband. Temptation comes knocking, and it knocks louder and more often when sex is not a priority. You are only to abstain from sex in marriage when both of you agree so that you can give yourself to prayer and fasting. Even then, Paul said, it is to be temporary. Ladies, if you will permit us to share some helpful hints here in this area, just three brief things. Number one, make time for this. Make sex a priority because I'm telling you, it is the number one need your husband has. Number two, never use it as a weapon. Don't withhold sex. That's dangerous. And never use it as a reward. And then number three, celebrate your marriage. 
do your best to make this aspect of marriage exciting. A husband walks into the bedroom holding two aspirin and a glass of water. His wife asks, what's that for? Well, it's for your headache, honey. I don't have a headache. He replies, gotcha. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Survey after survey indicates that the best and most exciting sex happens between those who are married. Ladies, we encourage you to begin to look at these mistakes and work on them. Men patiently love your wife even when these mistakes are made. You are in this till death do you part. Well, until next time, we're going out of here and in, uh, in a bang and a flash, and we are saying, Wingman out! Thank you for listening to the Wingman Men's Moment weekly podcast. The Wingman Men's Ministry is based around the Air Force concept of a wingman. It uses the fighter jet theme and parallels the duties of a wingman in the Air Force, his commitment to his pilot and flight team, and how they're related to the men of your church and their commitment to God in their lives, their families, and their Christian brothers. Visit us at wingmannation.com.